For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio, the all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Thursday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer Jihei Wiley. Jihei, how are you? You know... It's always a great day when you get to speak with Nick Hamilton. That's right. We are going to begin the show with Nick Hamilton. We have an action-packed show today. Steve Trundolo, the LAFC's new head coach, will be joining us in segment two. So we are now moving up our Thursday segment two guest, our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? I'm doing good now that AB has been released. I'm, it's a great day. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, Nick, let's start with this because, I mean, this was a story for one day and I kind of posted about it. And listen, I mean, it, it, it deserved to get some attention, but it does seem like the National Football League has squashed this report, rumor, whatnot. Super Bowl is coming up. It's going to be at SoFi Stadium this year. Um, there is a feeling that, you know, with all the COVID surge and the hospitalizations and things like that, that, you know, listen, if, if the game can't happen... Then maybe they have to move it. Uh, they have contacted AT&T Stadium in Texas because, of course, as we know, Texas doesn't care about COVID. So uh, they have, uh, you know, contingencies in place. I've been told, listen, the Super Bowl will be at SoFi. They're going to have a press conference next week to just drive that point home. Uh, you're thoughts on this again i mean the super bowl is going to be here i i think when you talk about the logistics of moving an event like the super bowl one month out that's nearly impossible to do and let's not forget sofi stadium will be housing a packed football game this sunday if the rams win they will have a packed playoff game so it's not like this is something new nick your your thoughts on kind of this becoming at least a story for a couple of days here well, it shows you the brilliant the brilliance of marketing by the NFL. I mean, to keep their name in the headlines outside of the NFL playoffs and to keep people buzzing and keep people talking about their product, I thought was brilliant. Um, we all know there's way too much money in L.A. to to move the Super Bowl for whatever reason. If even if they have to decrease some of the seating to make sure the Super Bowl happens at SoFi, they're going to make sure that Super Bowl happens come hell or high water. So, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you were you covered the Rose Bowl a year ago when they moved that to uh, Texas again. I mean, that's that was crazy because, again, the Rose Bowl is the Rose Bowl that should always be in, um, you know, in Pasadena. Let's now kind of transition there, uh, Nick, to the Rose Bowl itself again. You covered that a year ago in Texas. There was only 19,000 or even less than 19,000 fans there. Um, A. Tell me what that was like, because I, I don't know if we've talked about that yet. And B, what it was like to have the Rose Bowl back here. I mean, it was weird, definitely. I mean, anytime, like you said, the Rose Bowl, you, you expected to look at the San Gabriel Mountains in the background. You expected to have it to be 40 or 35 degrees at nighttime. 
uh, when the sun drops and just having the atmosphere of the historic Rose Bowl at the actual stadium. So to have it in Texas, I thought it, it took a lot of the luster away in my estimation. I know a lot of Southern California uh, fans were not excited or happy about that because of the fact that even though it was, it was a, a, a seat, uh, college football playoff site, people still want to see it in Southern California. People still, and I know I was one of them. I wanted to see uh, at that time Alabama play at the Rose Bowl in Southern yeah. California. I mean, Alabama is like the, the 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 Beatles, so to speak. You know what I mean? Every time they, everywhere they go, people travel uh, because of Nick Saban. So uh, I was glad to see that the Rose Bowl moved forward this year, despite not having the Beef Bowl because of COVID concerns. That's right. Uh, but I thought it was I thought it was a really good turnout. I thought the, I thought the Rose Bowl committee, I thought the, the those who were in charge, as far as the the, the PR people, um, those in the city of Pasadena, did an outstanding job as far as making sure that everyone was as safe as they could be. Uh, and still having enjoying one of the probably one of the greatest games we've seen in a Rose Bowl in a long time, probably since I would say USC uh, Penn State. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, yeah, so it, it, it was it was great to have it back. Uh, Nick, I was thinking about you the other day. Russell Westbrook had a game that he hasn't had in a long time since 2016. Nick, 407 games. He had a game with no turnovers. And again, I, I'm not expecting this to be a sign of things to come. This was ex- extremely rare. It did seem like he, you know, heard the critics. You're probably at the top of that list, maybe. Nick, your your thoughts on the game he had? I mean, and here's the big takeaway. The Lakers are good enough that if they don't turn the ball over to the extent which they have this season, they're going to give themselves a chance to win. There's enough talent on this team that if they don't hand the game away, they're going to have a chance to win. They're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. Again, the Western Conference, once you get past the, the top four teams, they're, they're, they're not that good. I mean, I think the number five seed will be a 500 team. Your thoughts on the game that uh, your friend had <laughs> this week? Oh, now now you're going to pass Just the game. <laughs> go pass the collection plate. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, Russell Westbrook is about damn time. But at the same time, the thing that really ticked off Laker fans was the fact that prior to, I believe, he said, you know, it was like no big deal that he turns the ball over. That's yeah. how he plays. He's going to see the play how he wants to play. There was no uh, admittance of, of guilt as far as saying, look, Yes, I turn the ball over way too much. I got to stop. You know, we 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 criticize and almost crucify Matthew Stafford for his interceptions and pick sixes. And the one thing about Matthew Stafford is the fact that he says, "Look, I got to get better. I can't throw these picks. I can't throw interceptions. I can't turn the ball over." And that's all Laker fans want to hear from Russell Westbrook. But they didn't because Russell doesn't really care. Um, so I guess we got to wait another four hundred and seven games before he has a, a zero turnover game um, if he lasts that long because. I still believe that this team can win. I still believe they can be in the play-in tournament as far as the playoffs are concerned. I don't think they're going to be a very high seed, even when even when they get Anthony Davis back, because the dynamic is going to change. Um, you probably you may see a little bit less of Malik Monk. Uh, you may see you know added in uh, Kendrick Nunn because Frank Vogel uh, said the uh, a couple of days ago that once Kendrick Nunn comes comes back healthy, he's going to get some significant time. Um, so somebody's minutes are going to get cut. Um, and so it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see how he can pretty much regulate those minutes to get everybody involved to make sure that they start getting wins because they are losing games that they are supposed to be winning. Even without Anthony Davis, you still have LeBron James, and LeBron has done everything he could in, in, in his 37 years on this earth, as far in the 19 years of playing basketball in the NBA. 
and he's st- still sometimes not enough because he can't overcome one huge boulder. That's not the, the opposite team. That's not COVID. His name is Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nick, do you think that there's anything that LeBron can do, maybe in the locker room or on the court, that you know could make them even better? Or is this like yeah. kind of off or not? Yeah, Trey Westbrook. <laughs> hey, I'm with you, man. You can't do that. I'm with you. you I'm with you. I, I would love for them to do that, but let's let's get real. Like that, that money's that money, right? So yeah. y- you can't really do that. I mean, I would like to see honestly. I would like to see Russell Westbrook come off the bench. I think he may be more serviceable coming off the bench um, with that second unit because he's able to to play free and to play the way he's been accustomed to playing in Washington and in OKC when the departure of Kevin Durant happened. Um, I think you may see a, a slightly better Russell Westbrook in that particular scheme. But him starting is not the answer alongside LeBron. And then, you know, in a, probably in a few weeks or so, we're going to see the return of AD at some point. So that's not going to help. We've already seen that episode before. We know how that plays out. So, again, I don't think that's really anything you could do. But this is what happens when LeBron wants to be the GM. When LeBron wants to force his will, he wants certain players that don't really fit, then this is what you're going to get. So, Laker fans, be prepared going to be a very long season it's going to be beyond a marathon uh, and you're going to have to get used to what's going to happen in not only this season but for next season as well until this contract is up nick where will you be on sunday i i bet you just knowing you you were probably hoping that the rams san francisco game would have been on a saturday and then the chargers game would have been on a sunday so you could have hit up both where will you be this sunday well i will be at sofi stadium uh i will be watching the Rams and the San Francisco 49ers, which I think is really going to be a really good game. Yeah. I honestly think that's going to be a better game than the Charger Raider game, to be honest with you. I think because there's so much history there. Obviously, the years go back as far as the rivalry is concerned, but also they've lost, <clears throat> excuse me, they haven't won a game against the 49ers since 2018. So I think this is a major, major uh, significant game. Not only to knock the 49ers out the playoffs, but get the monkey off their back as far as finally getting a win against this team. Um, I think what Sean McVay needs to do more so, not so much coach, but manage the game and allow his coordinators to to call the plays and move and, and let his players move the sticks down the field. Time of possession is going to be key in this game. Um, and also, too, uh, they're going to have to play outstanding on all three phases. They're going to have to play the same way they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier in the year uh, when they were, they were actually absolutely superb on, on offense, defense, and special teams. Um, that's the way they're going to have to play if they have a shot at winning this game against the Niners and getting that number two seed throughout the entire uh, NFC playoff. Nick, you've seen those past five games. And, you know, when I went to Santa Clara for that game on Monday night, I said, listen, this is the moment that they're going to flip the script, right? I mean, they are the superior team. This is a big stage for them. It's Monday night football. And I did not even get to enjoy my first glass of wine. Yes, I'm going to brag. I wasn't a sweet for that game. I was there as a fan. That was a blowout from kickoff to the time the game was over and it really hit home that this is no fluke again for three years five straight games Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number now according to Vegas according to a lot of people out there that will change on Sunday why have they been so dominant and what gives you the confidence that will change now well, I look. You talk about the last five games. Yeah, that, the last time they played the San Francisco 49ers, they were in complete disarray. They had no continuity. They just lost Robert Woods. They just acquired OBJ. 
Uh, Von Miller had just come on board not too not too long before that. Um, so they, they, a lot of guys had to be brought up to speed. And I think it was it was the timing was just completely off. I'm not making any excuses. The 49ers, you know, they they pretty much punked them up and down the field. Uh, 18 straight plays twice. Uh, that's not going to get you a W at all. But I do think with these last five games, I think they have turned the corner. I think they have flipped the switch, so to speak, because they have played through so much adversity um, in the last five games, no matter if they've been in front, whether they've been behind, as we saw last week against Baltimore. Um, but it, I, and I watched some film from the 2015 Denver Broncos uh, team that went to the Super Bowl and ultimately won the Super Bowl, and they had some similar hiccups when you look at uh, what their defense, what, what their team was going through, especially defensively, uh, offensively, when they had that, when they had Brock Osweiler for those seven games going five and two, uh, when Peyton Manning had went out. Uh, so they pretty much had to rally around each other. And that's something that Von Miller mentioned to us, uh, yesterday is the fact that, you know, there's, a, there's some similarities from that 2015 Broncos team that, that he feels resonates here with this new, uh, Rams team. And so, um, you know, like I said, I think they have learned quite a bit. I think Matthew Stafford, as I said earlier, needs to cut down on the turnover and stop playing hero ball. Um, let go and let God. If you don't see the play, throw it, in, throw it to the fans. It's cool. <laughs> nobody's going to hurt you. Nobody's going nobody's gonna, to nobody's gonna come after you. But you got to be smart. And I think that's what the 49ers, their defense has been absolutely superb. Now, the secondary is banged up, um, you know, due to COVID. Um, so we're not, sure, we're not sure if they're, you know, if Jimmy Ward, and those guys are going to be able to be cleared by that time. Uh, everybody is, is presuming that they will be. Um, and they can be very dangerous, especially going up against Cooper Cup and o- Odell Beckham Jr. So you're going to have to really, really play some sound, 60 minutes worth of football, and you have to control the clock. Clock management is going to be huge, especially in the second half of this game uh, when it comes to the Rams as far as how they score, when they score. And the running game is going to have to be on point. It's great that they have Cam Akers coming back, uh, but they're going to have to run the ball and stuff it down the 49ers' throats. Um, they're going to have to run the ball. Run, run, run. Uh, Nick, so you're going to cover that game, and I'm sure once you're done with your post-game press conferences and things like that, you will be catching the Chargers and the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. Now, you well know, at Allegiant Stadium... A lot of those crowds are 50-50, and we knew that that was going to happen because it's Las Vegas, so whether you're a Chicago Bears fan or a Philadelphia fan, I mean, that's the one game you want to go to. I think this is the one game, you know, because it's it's the Chargers. I mean, this will be a pro-silver and black crowd. The significance of this game, Nick, I mean, again, the, the last time that they played each other in the playoffs was 41 years ago. So, again, these two teams have a long-storied history. This is perhaps the most significant game between these two teams in 41 years how will this game play out well here's the thing i think it's definitely going to be a raider home game it's going to definitely be the black hole but you got a lot of fans from los angeles you got a lot of fans from the bay and you have fans already that's coming to vegas so what better reason to come to vegas to watch the raiders play the chargers with everything on the line um but i think the chargers have to be able to take care of the football they can't turn it over. Justin Herbert, we know how great Justin Herbert is and continues to be. But to me, the defense, as far as Nazir Adderley, uh, especially in the secondary, you have to look at, you know, Kenneth Murray coming back uh, in the interior. You got guys like Joey Bosa. You got Derwin James, who's an absolute threat. And they're going to have to be able to, to rush Derek Carr and put pressure on Derek Carr majority of the game. But also, too, they're going to have to move the sticks. They got, they cannot get stuck in the red zone. We've seen that 
in the last several games. They've been at times they've been stuck in the red zone and settled for field goals. You can't do that. If you're going to be able to be successful against this Raider team, you're going to have to score a touchdown and pile it on them quick. Pretty much take a bit of the blueprint that you got from the Monday night game at SoFi earlier in the year as far as how they were able to execute, especially in the red zone with the run. Um, that's going to, I think that's, that's going to be crucial as well. But I do see the Chargers, because they have a slightly better team, I think the Chargers can prevail uh, and win, knock the Raiders out of the, of the playoffs, which would be absolutely devastating to Raider Nation which I will laugh profusely uh, <laughs> if that does happen because I always love messing with Raiders fans. They're about as annoying as Cowboy fans. Uh, <laughs> but I think, the, I think the Chargers will, you know, move on and uh, they'll be ready you know, suit up against the Kansas City Chiefs. How big is this game from the Charger, for the Chargers, not only in terms of, listen, if they win, they're in the playoffs. They've made some... Um, m- you know, um, headway here, Nick, and and I didn't know if that was possible. You know, because you know the uh, Chargers were in San Diego for over fifty years. There's a lot of people in Los Angeles who still view them with that with that. You know that 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 they are a San Diego team. Justin Herbert has changed the game, and I think there's so many fans of this team now. So many kids, by the way, that I see in their Justin Herbert jerseys. In this town, as you well know, Nick, you got to be a playoff team. You got to be a championship contending team. Right. How big is this game for them in terms of creating and making that headway of saying, "Listen, we're we're a good team, but we're a playoff team too." Well, I think it's huge on so many levels. I think one, as you mentioned, the fan base continues to grow, but let's slow your roll like your leg was broken because it ain't that big yet. <laughs> yeah. You got to crawl before you walk. Yeah. So let's let's take it one step at a time. Last year they didn't make the playoffs at all, even though they finished with four straight wins to end the season. But I think this would be significant as far as a step in the right direction under Brandon Staley as his first year getting to the playoffs. Even if they don't beat the Kansas City Chiefs, if they make it close, it's still a significant stride because you have something you can build on. Also, too, another way you can look at this is if is Tommy T's job going to be in jeopardy if they don't make the playoffs? Yeah. And are they going to extend Joey Tillery, uh, uh, Tillery, Jerry, excuse me, Jerry Tillery, uh, for his fifth year? Um, that's there's some other question marks surrounding that too. Um, how confident is Brandon Sully with Nazir Adderley? Um, you know, th- these are some of the question marks that are going to be key to moving forward as far as how to continue to build this franchise and move it in the right direction. Because um, I don't think if they if they don't make the playoffs and they lose this game on Sunday, Tommy T's key card may not be working so much. <laughs> uh, you know what, Nick, because we're not going to talk to you again until next week. Your thoughts, Monday night, college football national championship game. I mean, I, I wish we had more uh, of a variety here, but Alabama, Georgia, amazingly Las Vegas likes Georgia. I, I don't know why if you've watched both teams play each other recently. Your thoughts, Nick, on that game? Well, I also, I think, too, I, when you look at what Georgia, with Georgia on paper, I think that's what they're looking at the team because Georgia does have a slightly better team on paper. Yeah. But fortunately for the Bam, for, for the Crimson Tide, they don't play games on paper. They play them on the field. And the Crimson Tide have shown why time and time again they've risen to the occasion. Another team has gone through a lot of adversity, especially the latter part of the season. Uh, so I expect, I'm glad that they are underdogs. Yeah. Hey, the last time they were underdogs, what happened? They blew, they, they blew the break <laughs> off of So this time, I don't expect anything less. I think uh, on the defensive side, I think the Alabama defense has stepped up tremendously. I love the O-line. But Bryce Young, he's going to have to carve up that Georgia defense. And I do believe that that's, that's absolutely an opportunity for that to happen. 
Um, I think if, if the if the Alabama defense can shut down the Georgia quarterback um, and keep him at bay, um, there's going to be a lot of controversy on Kirby Smart's decision on starting him uh, in the national championship game. So there's a lot of things that are going on. Uh, but I got I got roll tide. Come on, Ross. You know me. I got roll tide all the way. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, Nick, thanks again, as always, for joining us. We kind of put you in in the first segment this week, but uh, can't wait to catch up next week about everything that happened in Los Angeles sports. Enjoy the game Sunday, by the way. Uh, Rams, f- you know, San Francisco for uh, the division, and then transitioning into the Chargers game. Last question, because we are talking about uh, – covering spreads, etc. Rams are favored at four and a half points um, and Chargers are favored really, really quick at uh, three points. Who do you got? Oh, I got Rams by at least six. I have Chargers by a field goal. All right, perfect. Nick, that is awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We will talk to you again next week. And when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 and The Fan, we will be joined by Steve Garundolo, the LAFC's new head coach, when we come back right here. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio, the all-new and Mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. When this man got um, introduced yesterday at his press conference, I knew we had to give him, get him on the show because he has San Diego ties, he has Las Vegas ties, and now he has Los Angeles ties. Steve Trundolo, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Steve, Steve, you grew up in San Diego. This is your home. You went to Mount Carmel High. Uh, just growing up in San Diego, what, what, you know, this is such a great soccer town. When you think about growing up here, at what point did you know that soccer was going to be a big part of you? From day one, um, I was convinced and uh, I had the pleasure of, of growing up and uh, playing for the Nomads, which was, uh, you know, at the time and still is uh, an excellent uh, development club and academy. Um, those coaches, uh, David and Derek Armstrong, were in- very influential in my idea and really planting the seed of going to Europe at an early age. They took us on a trip to Europe when we were 15, and ever since then I knew that was going to be part of my life for the rest of my life. Steve, you uh, played one year when you went to Portland for uh, school, was there a thought uh, to stay in San Diego or, uh, or to talk about your uh, your one year there? Yeah, the two seasons in Portland, so it was really three semesters, uh, um, were incredible. I had the opportunity to train or play under uh, Clive Charles, who was uh, still a coach that influences the way I uh, go about my business on a daily basis. Um, so those three semesters or two seasons uh, – were very important before moving to Europe for me to doing some growing up on and off the field. And, and like I said, Clive had a hand in that. 
Steve, one more San Diego question, because I think everyone here is very excited about the new stadium we're getting. We're getting a, a soccer team as well. What, what is San Diego like as a soccer town? Again, the one thing that, 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 that we don't have is a men's professional team. They've been trying for years. I think now there's a facility here that can perhaps house one. How would you describe San Diego like as a soccer town? Well, I think the potential is uh, is great, and I, I believe um, there is a strong fan base there, and I think you know, there's one we can tap into. I think the Loyal has done a great job with that, and Landon is is uh, um, doing a good job with the organization and making sure he's putting the competitive field out, a team out in the field every year, and uh, we expect more of that this season. So, San Diego has a lot of potential, and there is room in the community for a professional football team, and I'm very excited um, about moving forward and having them, you know, being housed in, in a real, let's just say, soccer-specific uh, uh, stadium. That would be uh, a great fit for San Diego, and uh, nothing more would make me happy. So, Steve, you grew up in San Diego, but you really became a player, a coach, a man in the sport in Hanover. The mayor of Hanover, Steve, is one of my favorite nicknames. Steve, how quickly did you become adjusted there, get comfortable there? It is such a great soccer hotbed, football hotbed. Uh, talk about your time there. Um, yeah, it was, a, um, it was a learning experience at first. Um, absolutely, um, obviously a culture shock, and I didn't speak any German before moving to Germany, so there was a lot of catching up to do in the early days. Uh, my first time playing in, in snow and on frozen fields, which was also um, a completely different animal. Um, so there were a lot of firsts in that uh, first season in, in Hanover. Um, but I had made a conscious decision then pretty early on to obviously learn the language, and throw myself in the community and the culture and really be engulfed by it. And that was the smartest decision I ever made because once I was a part of the community and did become a part of the club, um, things really opened up for me, doors everywhere, whether on or off the field. So that was a very important decision, but a conscious one. And um, I had a incredible 15-year career at one club, which brought many positives. Um, there are some negatives involved in that as well. A lot of players coming and going. But um, mostly positive, and I was able to get to know a city and a club uh, very, very well, and uh, won connections and relationships that I still cherish today. Well, Steve, you just talked about this is Jihei, by the way, the uh, uh, producer of the show. Um, you talked about German. Uh, learning the German language and learning uh, the culture, et cetera. And I'm a huge, huge fan of that. I think that's great. Like you got to know where you live and know where you, uh, you know, where you're being favorite German phrase and favorite German food because I'm a huge <laughs> foodie, man. That's a good one. Uh, German food. Uh, there's probably nothing better than a, uh, Wiener Schnitzel and Bratkartoffeln. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's uh, a fan favorite. Most people would probably say the uh, Bratwurst here. Uh, which is also fantastic, but um, I don't think there's anything you can anything that can come close to Wiener Schnitzel and Bratkartoffeln. Uh, um, yeah, famous phrase. Uh, I always loved the word, and it has nothing to do with um, you know a, a nickname I picked up along the way. It was uh, Bürgermeister. I just thought it was kind of funny because in English it kind of means something else and it doesn't mean <laughs> it. It means, it means mayor, um, but I thought it was a funny word, and I always like saying that. Uh, Steve, I have covered sports here in Los Angeles for 20 years with the Dodgers World Series, the Lakers, USC. 
There is nothing like the bank. And I keep telling people that if you're not a soccer fan, it doesn't matter. The 3252, and it is still amazing to me that a fan base like that was created from scratch. And again, there's nothing like it here. Like observing it from afar, you're a part of it now. Your thoughts on that? I mean, it is so cool for me as someone who grew up here to have that here. Um, yeah, it's, it's a blessing for the city. It's a blessing for this country. It is real. It is authentic. It is raw. It is emotional. It is everything you could ever ask for in a fan base and in a stadium. Um, that part of this, they got everybody here has worked diligently and got it exactly right um, from the last fan to the executives and the owners. So um, it goes hand in hand. And with that comes some expectations because um, it is such a passionate fan base and one that you know, just thinking about it gives me goosebumps because I know that first game, first home game is going to be incredible. And uh, I just can't, can't wait to be a part of it. It makes me feel very much like at home because there's a lot of similarities to um, the more emotional and um, louder European venue. Steve, you quickly transitioned from your playing career to your coaching career. At what point did you know that that's what you wanted to do? And I guess a two-part question. I mean, was this the goal at some point to come home? Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it was a quick transition. Um, it's been eight years in the making, so um, there was a lot of learning to do along the way. It's when coaching and playing are completely different uh, jobs yeah. and um, require a different set of skill sets. So um, I took a long, deliberate, slower path to getting here. Um, coming and to answer your second question, coming back to the United States was definitely in the cards. I wanted to do it as a player first, but injuries uh, stopped that. Um, and then, you know, I wanted to then as a coach come home but I had some learning to do and I want to take my first steps to coach and get all my badges in Germany first and that was a lengthy process but a necessary one because I feel very prepared um, to make the Los Angeles Football Club a continue to be a winning club um, Steve you talked about not rebuilding and you're going to basically work from within can you speak a little bit on that um, as far as not rebuilding uh, with the team well there's a lot to come up to go off of um, Bob and his staff and John Thorington and everybody here at NFC have done an excellent job over the first four, four seasons. And so there's a lot to go off of. And, um, you know, we want to continue with our, our culture and our way of playing. And, um, you know, my experiences in, in, in Germany and international experiences with the national team um, and all of those influences um, will be injected into this already great culture and, and style of play. And uh, we hope to move the bar just a little bit forward over the next couple of years. Steve, our last two minutes with you. You coached last year in Las Vegas. It is a growing sports town. This show is also in Las Vegas. Uh, they are hoping to get a, a team soon. What, what was your thoughts of your one year there? Yeah, similar, I guess, to San Diego, um, a, a city with incredible potential to, to house a professional sports team. And, and um, you know, in Vegas, um, uh, with the Raiders and the Golden Knights, there are two examples, the positive examples of how it can be done. And so, um, yeah, the prospect of getting an MLS team is, is great. And the experience of the lights last year, sitting down and seeing the fans and being, being very close um, at Cashman Field was, was an excellent one. It was an incredible experience also for our players uh, to go through that process and to, uh, and to get all of those first experiences in a professional environment uh, um, under their belts. Steve, uh, my last question, again, thank you so much for joining us because you had the press conference yesterday. Today is, I guess, your first kind of official day on the job. What is What does today and the next week and month look like? 
Um, they're packed. It's very full. So um, off season is probably busier for coaches than it is during the season. Um, during season, uh, the main priority is coaching on the field, obviously, and then off season, a lot of scouting, recruiting, um, organization, um, in and around the office. So um, nonetheless, busy. And to answer your question, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it and uh, can't wait to get started on the field. Steve, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to seeing you this upcoming season. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much, Danka. Thanks. All right, that was Steve Trundolo. So happy to have him in Los Angeles. Good question, Jihei. You got uh, you got us to you know work in a little bit of German in the show today. Yeah, the sexiest language of all, right? Wait, is that true? Is is, is that no. what you think? I was no. Okay. God, no, 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 definitely not. I mean, it's an interesting language. Yeah. I think obviously it has a lot of history, but no. <laughs> so now, so far during uh, the last couple months, you've uh, spoken uh, French to Luke Robitaille, and uh, maybe a little bit of German to Steve Trundolo. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do love the food. I know that sounds really weird, but Schnitzel is hands down one of my favorite things. One of my best friends, he made me the best uh, chicken schnitzel I've ever had. Oh, okay. It's phenomenal. So, yeah, I, I agree with uh, Coach on that one. Schnitzel is the best. So, <laughs> awesome. so Especially if you have some homemade schnitzel. It's yeah. so good. Um, want to once again remind everybody that we have a we have a hotline. We're, we're like Drake. We got a hotline bling on the show. 310-400-0340. That number again, 310-400-0340. So what we want you to do is call in, leave a message, leave your name, where you're calling from, and uh, we are going to do a contest for the caller of the day. We are going to give away two tickets to this Saturday's Kings-Detroit Red Wings game, big game at the uh, Crypt, Crypto.com Arena, this Saturday. So um, hopefully you guys can um, call in, leave a message, leave a complaint, scream at us. We don't care. We'll, we'll play it on the air. And not only will we play it on the air, Jihei, we will give you two tickets to uh, the Kings game on Saturday. Hey, with, I got yeah. thick skin, guys. I got thick skin. There you so, go. Yeah. So bring, you know, bring those complaints. Bring, those bring complaints. it on. And how else can the great listeners of the show contact us, Jihei? That's right, guys. You can email us at show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H. M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Leads us to our first question. Since we're on a time crunch, we're only going to get yeah. to a couple. Uh, but leads us to our first question, Arash, from Haley Smith from Newport Beach. We're getting a lot of fancy people out there. Newport Beach awesome. is These really are nice, nice. nice parts of town. These are. Yes. These are. Um, Haley asks... They say that Antonio Brown's antics were due to him not being able to obtain his end-of-the-year bonus. Is this a normal thing? And do you believe that this is fair? The bonus is a normal thing. The antics are not. And again, I, I, I kind of want to tread lightly here because if, if he's going through something with CTE or mentally or something like that, don't want to make light of that. But uh, listen, his behavior is not normal. It, it, it is not normal to take off your uh, jersey and your pads and your gloves and everything, toss them aside run off the field without your shirt on, effectively pack your bags and leave while the game is going on. So that's not normal. The bonuses are, you know, when 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 they when certain teams take chances on players, they effectively say, "Hey, we're going to pay you this, but if you catch a certain number of pass, p- 
passes, if you catch a certain number of touchdowns, if you play a certain number of games or whatnot, you can make more. I mean, I think he was in line to make at least a million dollars. So, by the way, the season's not done. So I don't understand, like, just because you can't hit the bonuses this year. If you if you handle that appropriately, maybe you can hit the bonuses next week or you don't hit them this year, but you come back and either play for Tampa Bay next year or another team. His career, I think, effectively is done. I mean, when you leave your team high and dry the way that he did, it's going to be really hard again for him to uh, get a chance. And again, he was officially released by Tampa Bay. I don't know all the logistics that went into Sunday night to Thursday, but he has been officially cut by Tampa Bay. I do think his career is over at this point. Again, he's been given so many chances. That one, when you run off the field in the fashion he did, you can't do that. I mean, if I was an owner and if I was a coach, Das Vidanya, like I'd be like, I'm good. Yeah, like you could go off by the wayside. There's always going to be another whiteout out there that's going to help out the team, and isn't going to be so much drama, yeah. right? Um, to answer your question, Haley, uh, is this a normal thing? Like Arash said, yeah, the, the bonuses are a normal thing. Um, it, he might have had a timeline for these bonuses. Yeah. So the bonus, of, and, and we don't know. We don't know what his contract entails as far as the bonuses are concerned, but it might have been the second to the last week you had to hit a certain amount of uh, yards, a certain amount of whatever, yeah. in order to uh, obtain that up to a million dollar bonus uh, that he probably wanted. And for those guys that aren't quarterbacks out there, that's a real thing. Yeah. Right, that's like watch any given Sunday. That's all I gotta say. Like s- some guys that are on the defensive end, they have to hit a certain amount of tackles. They have to hit a certain amount of rushes, like in order to get, you know, even five hundred grand. And that's a huge deal for those guys because mm-hmm. they're not making that Tom Brady money. They're not making yeah. you know that Aaron Rodgers money. So yeah, it's it's, it's a big deal. So. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I wish that he would have kept a level head, but maybe he's dealing with something that we just don't know, right? It could um, be. Yeah. So thank you, Haley, for that question. We're going to move really quickly because uh, we have five minutes left to Greg Turlington from Silver Lake's question who asks, do you really think that the NFL will move the Super Bowl to Jerry's world. No, you know, we touched on this in the first segment with Nick Hamilton, and I tweeted about it, I reported on it, that, listen, they have a contingency plan in place that they have to, and they have a contingency plan, you know, not just this year, but of course, these things aren't talked about. The reason it's talked about right now, we are in the midst still, as Jihei predicted back in 2020, we are still in the midst of a pandemic here in 2022, and it's really bad right now. Again, we have almost 2,000 healthcare workers from around the country in Southern California, in California, helping us because the hospitals are overloaded. It seems like every like other person that you know, you know, and I'm talking to you guys out there, probably feel the same way, have COVID, got COVID recently. So we're going through a lot of stuff right now. And so the thought process is with the new mask mandate in place, with the vaccination protocol in place, you got to not only be vaccinated, but have the booster shot. The National Football League, again, they are monitoring this. But the thought process is, you know, what do the optics look like in terms of us? Again, the Super Bowl is not just the game. It's the week-long event. So it's the parties. It's the event. It's the NFL experience with all the fans 
brands. It's the media from around the world. I mean, you know, what does that look like for us to have this event in California, in in Los Angeles? And again, the idea to move it to Texas is quite frankly, the, the, the restrictions are not there. All that said, the Super Bowl will be in Los Angeles. I've been told that they're going to have a press conference next week to once again, again, the they, they are not planning to move this thing and they will officially put that in place next week because next week we will be, th- we will be 30 days away from the Super Bowl. Listen, there's a lot of things that you can move in 30 days. And again, you can move the game there. You cannot move all the logistics that go with the Super Bowl when you're talking about the convention center, the hotels, uh, like all the events. They are not moving this thing. And again, it's important to note this Sunday, there will be a packed crowd for a Rams game, which is effectively almost a playoff game for them because the division and the number two seed is on the line. Uh, next week, if they win that game, they are hosting a playoff game, packed crowd. So th- this is not something new. Again, we, we will have packed crowds here. We will have a t- ton of people here. But um, listen, the National Football League has a contingency plan in place, but no, Jihei, long-winded way of saying no, the Super Bowl is not going to move. Which totally makes sense because, guys, there's just too much money involved. Exactly. There's way too much money involved. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the almighty dollar. That's just, it it just is what it is. Um, Anyways, thank you so much, Greg, for that question. Thank you so much, everybody, for emailing us. Getting, hitting us up on the hot, that hotline. Keep hitting us up on that hotline. Keep hitting us up on uh, our email uh, at Arashmarkazi show at gmail.com and at 310-400-4032. It is Thursday. We're getting back to these questions. I, I love, love it. it. I love great. it. Um, it is throwback Thursday. So Arash, mm-hmm. tomorrow strikes the anniversary of Nancy Kerrigan getting severely injured by Tonya Harding's hitman, which brings us to the Winter Olympics. On a lighter note, Arash, what event are you most looking forward to this Olympics? It's figure skating, and listen, I, I totally remember, I mean, the name Jeff Galuli. I remember that name just because of the whole incident with Nancy Kerrigan, Tonya Harding, uh, but figure skating, again, I, that that is not a sport that I watch on the regular. It would have been hockey, GA, but the, the pros are not playing this year. So, mine actually is an ode to my mom, uh, half ode to my mom, and then half just what I actually really enjoy watching is speed skating. Oh, I yeah. love watching speed skating. And on top of that, hockey would have, you're right, hockey would have been way up there. Uh, but speed skating, man, gotta love it. It's, I'm gonna it's watch so cool. all that. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are feeling that maybe these Olympics should not happen, but they will. Why? Because of money. money, all money. Right. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.